Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all having an amazing week so far. I am so excited and privileged to be introducing this week's guest, Mr. Steve Peary. So Steve is the Chief Wander Officer at Wonder and Wander and is on a mission to bring people together through live experiences that change their world. From events to experiences that connect young individuals with elders, combining that willing, fresh energy with wisdom that only comes from live experiences. Steve is on a mission to help people feel less alone because that is how he's felt for a majority of his life. You know, after leaving school at the age of 16, Steve set himself a target to become a millionaire and sell companies and build businesses and become successful. And he did do all of that. But after all of his success, Steve didn't feel the way he expected. In fact, he felt lonelier and lonelier and lonelier along the way. As he started getting more successful, he didn't feel successful. As a result, he spiraled out of control and hit rock bottom, leaving him with no choice but to pick himself back up and reinvent who he was and build a connection back with himself. See, the journey of entrepreneurship can be lonely. In fact, life can be lonely. Our world may be more connected than ever, but many of us still feel isolated and disconnected, and this problem is just compounded by social media. But what I love most about this week's episode and Steve's journey is just how loneliness isn't necessarily the same thing as being alone. You can be alone and feel connected and inspired and loved, because loneliness is a state of being, and that comes from not having the safe psychological space inside of you. And a feeling of loneliness comes from not feeling connected with yourself. And in this week's episode, we talk all about how curiosity and how leaning into vulnerability and how you can explore fear, failure, forgiveness, and freedom to experience more connection with yourself, more connection with the people around you, more connection with the world, with your work, and more connection with the life you've always wanted so that you can realize and leverage everything you've always had to live a more fulfilling life. You see, just because you are alone does not mean you have to feel lonely. And I think in this week's episode, it was just really important for me to hear how, one, Steve was able to change his life and how he was able to create more connection and get out of autopilot and use habit and ritual to spark more love, curiosity, wonder, and wonder in his life. But also just the reminder that we're all on this journey together. You know, I hope you guys recognize and realize that, you know, we're all listening to this podcast together. We're all learning together. We're all creating, failing, doing together. And so I just want, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that this episode inspires you to reach out for help if you need it, to be honest and vulnerable with friends and family when you are going through a tough time and just connect back with yourself. Because when you feel safe within yourself, when you feel inspired within yourself, at the end of the day, that's what creates the gateway for more connection in every part of your life. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, We have all of Steve's links available in the show notes, including um, some links to his live experiences. I know he's got a new live experience coming up in a few weeks for anybody living in Australia or New Zealand. Steve is just an incredible human being that I'm just so grateful to have in my life. So if you want to learn anything about what Steve does, go to the show notes, check out his website and his links there. Um, And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you guys aren't in the Stay Grounded community already, go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. That's where you can get access to a live online community of people that aren't doing this alone, where we're all learning about how we can live a more fulfilling life together, where we're challenging ourselves to create more connection with everyday moments alongside a group of people that get it. And so if you want to be a part of the community, go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. And I just want to say I am so grateful for all of you. Thank you for being in my life. I love you guys, and I can't wait to continue learning, growing, and being alongside all of you on this journey we call life. So 
without further ado, here is my good friend, Mr. Steve Peary. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all having a great day so far. I am so damn happy to be looking at this beautiful face. What's up, Mr. Steve? What's up, Mr. Raj Jada? Beautiful face going straight back at you, man. Dude, I'm so excited. Uh, we've been trying to make this work for quite some time now. <laughs> and uh, But uh, the universe always has a plan, and I imagine that we are exactly where we need to be at this very moment. Gotta love time zones, man. We, we, we're here now. I'm excited. It's Gotta love good. time zones. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Well, I love what you're up to, and I did introduce you in all of your awesomeness prior to us hitting the record button, so I will skip the boring details. So I want to uh, potentially dive in to the deep end with you right off the bat and ask you, I mean, in your past, I mean, you've been involved in so many different entrepreneurial ventures that are all related to live experiences and creating experiences in person. What about that medium do you find so attractive and why do you love, why do you love just in-person experiences? I think, well, it comes down to, to connection, like the visceral feeling that you get when you're actually in a human conversation and you can pick up on the energy of the people that are around you and the experience that you can create for people to walk away, sparking people's curiosity. And I yeah. think that can only be achieved in live experiences. And um, we we're talking about this before the show, but um this whole sense of loneliness out there is uh, a true epidemic, I think, that we're not really talking about on the planet. So uh, for me, back back in the day, I was very lonely growing up. Like I, I grew up in the Cook Islands, which is a little island in the middle of the Pacific. And I was the only, uh, only white boy in the cultural group, but uh, shaking my knees. And uh, I felt very lonely and isolated growing up. So maybe that was like my chapter two is like, well, you're lonely growing up. How can we embrace and bring people together on these live experiences and um that's that's why i've just leaned into it man and been very fortunate and lucky to be surrounded by some super incredible people and being able to bring these things to life so yeah absolutely you brought up curiosity which i think is the lifeblood of everything right like curiosity feeds just about every beautiful experience we have how do you think curiosity sort of heals loneliness well, I suppose that our company is called Wonder and Wonder, and uh, and I'm the wonder. Curiosity sparks imagination, and it sparks different parts of the brain that um, gets you to try new things. And I think if you're trying new things, whether it's traveling, eating, eating new food, having new conversations, and I think the biggest thing out of our live experiences is it gives permission for people to have different types of conversations and communication because they feel like they're in a safe, safe psychological um, space. So that with the curiosity, it just sparks different parts of the brain to try new things. And if, if you're lonely, but you have the ability to try new things, powers growth, it powers so much, I think, curiosity. I'm literally having a conversation or a workshop on Monday around how curiosity is innovation. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah it is the life. I, I love uh, what you said there, bro. Yeah, as you're saying that, I'm kind of realizing that curiosity is almost, it's one thing to be curious about the world, but when you can begin to be curious about yourself, that's when you truly lose loneliness. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and sparking different conversations, being around others, and just kind of allowing the world to give you that paintbrush to color with gives you so much to build off of, right? Because when you see something that you resonate with, it's like, wow. What is that? Why does that resonate with me? And then it sparks a conversation with yourself. And it just creates this beautiful cycle of just feeding and feeding and feeding. And I, I love the idea of creating a safe space. You said that word safe space, which I think is really important because I think that's more of anything. I mean, I think beyond loneliness, I think people don't feel safe being themselves. Yeah, the um, psychological safe space is truly powerful. Like it took us many years to understand why our events were, were truly successful. And we thought it was one metric, but the other metric was like when we're running our surveys and everything, uh, when, if we're talking our business retreats, we had some of the best speakers 
in New Zealand coming to these events and we thought it was because of the speakers, because of the learning, but everyone was ticking the boxes like I made an amazing friend and I'm like, wow, people are paying a lot of money these days to make friendships. (laughs) So um, that's holding that space so people can have the conversations that inside they've been wanting to have for a long time, but they just don't feel safe in their relationship, in their workplace. And we literally at the start of all of our events is like, the one thing that we can guarantee here that it's a safe psychological space and have the conversations that you need to have. But I love how you're saying curiosity sparks discovery because discovery and self-discovery is super powerful and that's what we're kind of doing in this next chapter is about how do we deep, dive deeper and really understand self because that's how we really get to evolve because otherwise we just dissolve. We have to evolve at such a rapid pace these days, like it's literally, yeah, things are just moving so fast and we need to know and have the tools and resources to be able to evolve ourselves and the relationship and collectively. So, Yeah, and I think that's one of the important things, right? The world is changing really fast right? and you can't control the world. There's a lot of things you can't control in the world, whether it's, it's just the epidemics, the politics, the technology, uh, I mean, everything, business, the world is changing, but what you can control is your relationship to the world. You can change and control the way you see the world. And so I think it's so important to kind of create that sense of curiosity. And I think what's cool about what you do and what you're up to, I know you're working a lot with kids. And one of the things that, that drives you as a human being is to sort of bridge the gap between our elder generations and our younger, and our younger generations. How do you think curiosity can be almost like a bridge between all of these different styles and people or types of people? And how do you think that can create a more safe space for us to evolve as a, as a collective? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up as, um, yeah, we, we call it bringing the willing and the wise together. And there's probably some key trigger points that, um, that have sparked that with me. And it was whether it was my father getting made redundant at an age of 67. And yeah. in New Zealand, I'm not too sure about America, but uh, our Retirement age is 65, but we all know we're living longer. So we're, yeah. we're, we're putting this definition of like 65, you're no good for the workforce anymore. And that's, that's massive. And I saw what, what happened to my father, my father's friends is that being told to stop working and thinking pretty much can be so detrimental on someone's health psychology like just general well-being so i saw for 12 to 18 months that was like well what do i do now like for 46 years i've been working in aviation so what can i do and that's when loneliness really starts to click in because you're being surrounded by your teammate your workforce there's so many connections there so and then uh i was at an event and some stats came up so one, one in three American men over the age of 65 are classified as isolated or lonely. And I'm like, that's a crazy stat. And then once they get yeah. to 75, it's 50%. So I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. But they have so much wisdom to be able to share back to the younger generation or two generations, like children and grandchildren. So, and, and I know when, I, when you're sitting around a dinner table or we're at an event, I naturally gravitate to, to people that are far older than me because I'm like, wow, they've got so many more stories, experiences, moments that they can share. And so for me, that that curiosity, and then the old people, the old older people, so curious because they're connecting with someone so much younger that grew up with technology. <laughs> they didn't grow up with technology, so curiosity sparks these just amazing conversations. And the wisdom and the willingness sort of come together. You literally have this like catalyst for something truly magical and you can solve so much by just bringing those people together um, to co-create. I'd love to get to the stage and this is what we have coming up in the future is like making sure that we have people who talk about diversity and and having 50% male, 50% female. We're actually forgetting about like we actually need young and old as well. So this is like four core square that we need to cover to be able to co-create something and then deploy it so everyone is included um sorry i'm really passionate about this topic so um, yeah no it's beautiful man i mean i know for a fact i know probably a lot of listeners resonate i mean my my dad you know he got 
let go from his company a few years before his retirement date. And it was super hard for him to find work even, let alone get involved again. All of his friends were retiring, lived in different cities. I mean, it's it's not easy when you get to that point and then you're trying to figure out what's next when your entire life has been about looking and working towards some end destination, right? Like, I don't think that we as a culture really celebrate being present and creating joy in the moment and sort of finding passion and life uh, as you are growing towards that end destination. So I guess like in hindsight, I guess if you think about it, like how can anybody listening, I guess, start to build a curious mindset or build a, a sense of being or maybe even a lifestyle that can allow more wonder, wander, and just curiosity to be a part of your daily diet as opposed to something that you're waiting for at the end of the road. I think it's about it's about questions and building a, a set of questions about, we've done some amazing work with John Berghoff and the exchange community around appreciative inquiry, which is literally asking better questions for better outcomes. And that really helped. I, I went to learn appreciative inquiry to give us a better, a better framework, a more solid framework on what we're creating in events. And what I walked away with, with was a different way I run my relationships, my business, my parenting, everything. And as you said, how do I ignite curiosity with me every day? It's about asking questions and going, so for today, what were the high points in the last 48 hours that I can build on versus like what's not working in my life right now? How do I fix it? And I think especially in New Zealand and Australia, we're quick to work work on what needs to be fixed versus like how do we build on something that is working. And then I build in time every day to just wander. Like I let myself go down rabbit holes. Like we, me and Sarah say it all the time is like, how far are you down the rabbit hole? Throw me a rope. And in the past, I've kind of been criticized internally. The self-sabotage is like, Steve, focus, focus on one task and get it down. Whereas now giving myself permission to to just go on a tangent and go down and actually enjoy it versus coming out the other end and going, well, I just wasted an hour and a half going down a rabbit hole. I think that's very powerful in regards to asking yourself a set of questions and then also just letting yourself just go wander. And I think that's why so many events and communities are popping up. It's giving people I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to an event to learn. But at the end of the day, they're just, they're going to be curious. They're going to connect with Raj because I'm curious about his life and what he's transitioning into. I'm, I'm interested about that place and that people and that culture. As you said, curiosity is literally the lifeblood yeah, of yeah. the matrix. And I think, I mean, I think about the events I go to, I go to feel something too. I mean, curiosity can be one thing that you feel. Curiosity can be the driving force, but really it, that those feelings, I mean, when you sit inside of an event and you hear somebody share a story that drives emotions up in you that you haven't felt in ages or something that, or you see something or you give a hug or anything like, it's just that, that genuine sort of concoction of all the beautiful things that make life, right? Like I think that curiosity then leads to you even being curious, again, feelings, Feelings, stories, people, places, food. I mean, there's so much beauty in the world. And I think that we forget, I a lot of times forget to realize and just be in all of the gloriousness that is life. And we get so wrapped up in what's not working, like you said, you know, it's it's almost like we have to train our our minds to start looking for and actively finding the things that were the high points and then building on them. And then I think with the more you like look for high points, the more you naturally start to create more opportunities for high points to exist. You don't completely eliminate the low points, but it's just you build on it. It's interesting. I love Joe Dispenza and his work about the brain. Like it just fascinates me. And we're naturally born to like look at negative things. I think it's just like we're deeply. So it is really hard to rewire the brain to go and focus on the positive things and build on those. It's literally trying to rewire your brain to focus on those high points. It's very easy to go, well, this is not working. That's not working. So that's why there's so many positive psychology books out there and everything like that. So yeah. It's interesting with Joe Dispenza. I remember hearing a quote from him a little while back. Uh, it was like, you become what you practice. So if you practice gratitude, right, you eventually, you may, it may just start as you writing down 
something you're grateful for or you being at dinner and announcing something you appreciate. And then along the way, like the more you do that, the more you practice that, the more in real time you begin to sort of be grateful for things as they're happening. Or when something hits or when you notice something, you just naturally become grateful. So like, it's almost like ritual is such an important part of all of this. Uh, And ritual is almost for me like a connection to the present moment. When you create that, right? Like that's almost like your space, like whether it's a morning ritual or an evening ritual, like you get a chance to sort of build that connection into whatever you're experiencing. I think um, Tony, Tony Robbins says that is, is yeah, habits, rituals become self. It's just like you've got to build those habits and habits then turn into rituals and then rituals turn into that's just who you are. And it takes, I know it takes me, I think, 38 days. I've worked out that it's like to crack into, okay, that's just part of my daily daily get up and go. So, yeah. Yeah. Dude, so you've had so many amazing career transitions. What do you think was like the sort of, I guess the turning point that made you realize you wanted to build something that had a lot more impact associated with it? I like how you say amazing uh, career transitions, but yeah, they've been a roller coaster of transitions. It's like, and I keep going back and watching Elizabeth uh, Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love kind of TED talk where it's around creativity. And this is why I'm doing so much work in the youth space now and connecting the willing, the wise is that, yeah, I left school at a very early age. Like sport was my destiny, going to the Olympics and, and playing hockey. That's all I focused on. So school just wasn't a place for me. So at 16, I kind of dropped out and went on this entrepreneurial journey and traveled the globe, which ignited my curiosity, seeing how things were done on different uh, countries that I came back and started the entrepreneur journey. But it was really fast-tracked to the success metric back in those days was how many people could I move, how many amazing events and parties could I throw to build the postcard that I've seen on social media. So I wasn't prepared. I had no sort of understanding of what success actually meant on the other side of success. So getting to that that successful exit of my 20s, I'd written that goal on the walls to be a millionaire by 30, sell the company, and then spiraling out of control. Literally, yeah, depressed, anxiety. Yeah, I was really finding it tough in my relationship with my wife and my three kids. So as you said, that sort of transition point uh, and what Elizabeth Gilbert said is that it's hard. Like you write books before Eat, Pray, Love, and people don't know about them. You write Eat, Pray, Love, everyone knows about you. And then as soon as you start to write something again, internally you've got something going, geez, there's no way you can write something as good as that. Mm. Well, if you do, it has to be better. And then everyone around you is like, wow, you're so lucky to write Eat, Pray, Love, and it was such a success. So I had all this internal conflict and external conflict even though I created a very successful second business, for me, it wasn't, it didn't have enough zeros, it didn't have enough people moving, that it was a failure. So, um, yeah, that just kept on, all the internal self-sabotage just kept on coming and just, yeah, spiraled out of control to I literally hit rock bottom. And uh, a day, a couple of years ago, I, yeah, I was at that hard choice. Do I walk across the line or do I stand up and really start to, transition my life and, and evolve and as you said spark that curiosity to start discovering what actually really makes me tick and it was it's been the toughest 18 months of my life in regards to what was vulnerability yeah I'd read Brene Brown's book but I was like how yeah. do you actually practice it how do you be in that safe space to be able to have those tough questions and yeah I'd created amazing events to have conversations but they're all superficial and we've been to events that are like yeah. swapped business cards and it's like, how do you grow your business? Who's this, this? I'd never been part of an event which uh, you could dive deeper in and have that. And it wasn't until I went to Mastermind Talks actually and Kat Hoke, I'm sure some of your listeners have, have heard about Kat Hoke and what she does in uh, prisons with Hustle 2.0, yeah. that vulnerability exercise about standing next to peers and being able to look at someone face-to-face eye to eye and have some tough questions um, that were said and you walk up to the line and I was like wow this entrepreneurial community there's a lot of people that are unhappy there's a lot of people that are feeling lonely not good enough and I was like great I'm not alone and that was like the spark that I was like great 
I have people that I can talk to and I'm so grateful for so many great communities and people that out there, including you, Raj, that you can we can really like cut the shit and cut the business talk and literally get into the shit that's important. And that was my transition probably yeah, 18 months ago and started leaning, leaning into spirituality and understanding that there's something bigger than me, the universe, and it's got you back. And uh, I was shy to talk about this in the past, but now I'm just like my authentic self, like, and that's that, that's what drives true connection. And yeah, I've just attracted some pretty incre- incredible people that will help me along this journey. So sorry that was a long-winded. Uh, no, no, you're good, man. Time. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you took the time to share that because I think. Most people see people who are quote unquote successful or quote unquote have a resume or anything like that. And they just think that they got dropped off at the top of the mountain because there's a helicopter that's taking certain people up to the top of the mountain and they never had to go through any type of really swing emotionally. But I've been finding that, you know, especially entrepreneurs in particular, we just have this, this one, there's this complex that we have to do it alone. Because if we don't do it alone, then did we really do it? There's just these stories that come with all of the baggage we carry. And so I'm really grateful you shared that because I want to make this point for everybody listening that, you know, you don't have to be alone. The fact that you're even listening to a podcast like this, right, where you're allowing people who have gone through certain experiences in your life, just be in your ear as you're going through tough times. Like that alone is you making a decision to choose a community or choose connection, or choose to have certain people share their experiences that can allow you to find more truth in yours. And so like, it's just a beautiful place to be. And I wanted to ask you, like, when you first started really kind of transitioning into this space where you like, you didn't know how to be vulnerable, you really didn't know how to open up your emotions. What were the most helpful things when you started, like helpful habits, tactics, maybe even tips that were there for you when you started that journey to sort of like, maybe being kinder to yourself or allowing yourself to open up more. Cause I imagine like, there's a, like, I, I know myself, there's a lot of people out there that like have trouble being vulnerable and have trouble sort of like opening up and kind of allowing feelings and maybe trust in something bigger. So I'd love to hear from you, like as you were redefining and rediscovering your life, like what was most helpful? Yeah. I think like the word vulnerability is now such a, a buzzword and it's kind of like a, a metric. How vulnerable are you Raj? Like it's, and it, Unfortunately, it's it's painted a, a picture that is, yeah, as you said, some people, especially men, that wear this like mask and it's really hard to drop that mask. It's maybe dropping the V word and uh, understanding people's superpower. And, and I did an amazing exercise. Who told me this? Uh, Stephen Sister. I don't know if you've come across him, but an incredible psychologist in the entrepreneur uh, space. is like vulnerability is one thing, Steve. But if you don't know how to ask the questions or be around the people that understand vulnerability, it can be catastrophic. And I, I've been part of that. As, uh, I, as soon as vulnerability came, I was like, great, I'm just going to be vulnerable and just go, Phew. well, people just ran for the hills. They're like, Steve, had no, they just didn't know how, including my best friend at the time, had no way to kind of like, how do you even hold space for the people on the other side? What was most helpful for you? Like when you were being vulnerable or like when you first started being vulnerable, like let's say somebody is afraid to be vulnerable. Like how can I create the space for someone to feel safe being vulnerable? Like what in your experience felt like allowed you to really open up? The questions from the other side. So firstly, the people that are close to you to to at least reach out and say, how are you feeling? Just like it's as simple as that is how are you feeling and what are you thinking? I think are two really powerful questions versus saying how are you to people it's really easy because it's already sub-programmed to go yeah i'm good sweet this is like how are you feeling and what are you yeah. thinking are two really powerful uh words to be asking your friends when you're catching up just reprogramming what and then the self-location thing is really powerful what we do in all our events and all our workshops is like raj today what do you before we jumped on this podcast like out of 10, like where are you feeling? Like self-locate where are you right now? 10, you're literally flying off the wall or three. And w- when we do it in a workshop, it's re- or even my friends, it's super powerful conversation starter because even though they might be showing it on the face that they're a 10 out of 10, just by asking them that question is like, you're a four? Okay, let's talk about that. 
why are you at four? I had no idea, mate. Let's, let's have a chat about this. So that's the few things that I use. Yeah. I love that, man. And it's like, it's so easy. Well, you're, you're allowing them to describe. Cause I do think that like, like the right questions cut through autopilot. You know, that's what I've found. Like when you have intention, I, yeah. right? Like when you ask an intentional question, like it forces you to like, not be just like in the, in the autopilot autoresponder answers and the auto routines that we generally get ourselves into like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Da, 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 da. And it forces you to, th- to feel, think, and almost like connect back, come back to that word connect it really is like just connecting back with like, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? And that creates a, like just a playground for you then to, again, get curious about what's going on. And because you're in a safe space with somebody you love or a friend or anybody, you're, you're, you're almost more open to just sharing what's coming up. I, th- I think in relationships, especially um, for all the girls and the guys and, and out, out there is that uh, it's what we use in our um, part of a really new relationship um, for 18 months. And it's, it's what we do at the start of the day and before we go to bed because it does transition throughout the day. It's like, yeah, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, geez, I'm feeling a bit rough. I've got the flu. I'm feeling at four. Okay, how do we? And then love language is a super powerful thing that we use in, in relationships. And even we use it in the workplace. It's like understanding people's love languages and what buckets to fill um, are really, really powerful. But I love how you use the analogies around getting off autopilot because I'm a pilot by train and I know your brother is <laughs> in the Air Force um, with, yeah, with helicopters. Maybe, yeah. And it's like the, yeah. auto, the autopilot thing is totally like I use that analogy and every time I talk is that so often we just jump on a plane or I'm in the pilot seat and it's so easy to go into autopilot is how do you actually jump back in the pilot seat and, uh, and take control? Because literally I was in the plane flying on autopilot at low altitude in this like fight or flight response, um, not even knowing where I was going, what I was doing, but the plane was just driving me there. So I love how you use the analogy of flying, bro. <laughs> so let's say you're on autopilot. How do you take yourself out of autopilot if you don't realize you're on autopilot? Great question, man. Well, it's the the check-in piece again, yeah? It's going, where am I right now? What am I doing? And am I in control? Mm. It's something what I I, I was very bad at doing, but now very conscious of doing. Again, it comes back to to habits, rituals, is that self-location again is like, and as pilots we're taught is like, when you don't have GPS, like everything's run on GPS these days, Google Maps, like how often do you actually put your phone away and go wandering and try and find a place without Google Maps? You like navigate yourself. And it's something that I try and do every week. So I'm finding a cafe, I will not put on Google Maps and I'll try and find it because it just fires up different parts of your brain. You don't become lazy. Is As a pilot, you're taught to every... Every five miles that you fly, you need to check out the window. Where are you? Are you five miles to the left of the river? So you actually know where you are. And I just bring all those analogies of from when I was flying um, and t- talking to our um, mothers and fathers about how they navigated. Well, they had roadmaps. They pulled them out. They pulled over probably. They didn't need rest breaks because they had to pull over to find out where the hell they were. So, yeah. again, there's so much learning from everywhere. Mm, man, I love the idea. And you said this, like, you weren't very good at it in the beginning, but now you're very conscious of it. I think that every single thing you want to be, like you become what you practice, right? So like every single thing you want to become, just like lifting weights, it's like a muscle, you can you can lift the weights, you can do the reps, and you may not be perfect at it in the beginning. But the more you do it, just don't be afraid to start doing it. I think most people you know, I, I ran across like an old memory today. I posted on Facebook and like, it was like a, one of the first times I went on TV and I remember like reflecting and this is, I was like, damn, old Raj was kind of wise. Like I was like, it was like an old Facebook post. And I wrote this post around like, you know, most people are afraid to start something because they compare themselves to the masters. But what they don't realize is that the people that are freaking amazing at those skill sets used to be beginners too. Like they just weren't afraid of being seen looking like beginners, right? So there's no perfect way to be vulnerable, right? Like there's no perfect way to be conscious. There's no perfect way to be intentional. There's no perfect way to check in. It's just a practice that you develop over time. 
And then eventually you get to a space where you just feel grounded in whatever skill set you're at. And I think that's truly the journey of spirituality. It's finding strength in those muscles that you've built after having the courage to develop them in the first place. Yeah, yeah, t- totally. And then uh, there's there's an aspect of fear there. And I, uh, when I when I chat, I talk about the four Fs that we really need to give a fuck about. Um, sorry, Mark Manson, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> uh, is fear like you grow up fearless, sparked by curiosity when, or innovation when you're growing up? Is like how do I how do I crawl? How do I walk? And you're like what, finding ways to to be able to get up and walk and, and you're fearless in what you do. And then there's this little trigger that you go into this, the other side of fear, which is fearful. You're like, I'm fearful of everything. Crikey. The failure is like, wow, failure starts to creep into my life. But then the two most powerful things, and this is part of my transition, is the, the forgiveness piece is like being yeah. able to lay in to uh, the forgiveness of self and forgive, forgiveness of self is the biggest thing. Obviously, navigating divorce and separation, there's a whole lot of guilt, there's shame, there's comparison, judgment, all these emotions to go through forgiveness. And then on the other side of that is true freedom. And that's what uh, spirituality and adding these other components into my life. So the four Fs that I – and that again, you ask what I do every day is I go through the four Fs. I'm like, where am I sitting on those four Fs? How do I I go through them? Man, forgiveness – I mean, we could probably have a whole – singular episode on forgiveness and failure and fear in, in, in many aspects. But I think forgiveness is, you know, one of those things we don't teach, right? Like you don't teach, like most people, when they think of forgiveness, they think of it as like almost like a tool of the week. It's yeah. like, oh, how are you going to forgive? People confuse forgiveness with forgetting. And, and those are two very different things, right? Because like forgiveness is a tool for you. Like when you forgive somebody, you're not doing it so other people can feel good about themselves. Sure, there may be an element of that. Like when you forgive somebody that's asking for forgiveness, there may yeah. be a sense of release there. But when you consciously use forgiveness like a muscle, when you yeah. practice forgiving on a regular basis, when people, when there aren't people to forgive and you forgive yourself for making a mistake, you forgive yourself for acting too soon, you forgive yourself. Uh, when you start to practice forgiveness as a regular muscle, you you change what it means. It's not meant for anyone else. Forgiveness is simply allowing yourself to cut off the baggage, cut off those those ropes that are sort of keeping those shackles that are keeping you chained that 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 you didn't realize you were actually shackling. Right? Like it's all it's 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 wrapped up in that guilt. And when you can really start to practice forgiveness, I think that's the highest form of self love you can you can really embody. And it's just not once. Like you got to continually, potentially forgive multiple times. Like yeah, okay, as you said, like and yeah. hope people can see the video. Like Roger's giving himself a big hug. He's all wrapped up. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It's like you got to keep on untangling. Like it's so easy to get tangled back up again. It's like a conscious, constant thing that we need to do. So, um, but yeah, good saying around. So with fear, just on that is. Uh, I was told the other day and it was like one of those mic drop moments and for me it really resonated as like I have a massive and I can, I'll can i be out here. I have a fear of public speaking massively. Like it's petrifying. Yeah, no, totally. Really? I'm, I'm, I've got a massive workshop on Monday and I'm absolutely petrified. Like my whole weekend spent presenting presenting because oh, my beautiful. partner, she's, she's amazing. She just crushes every time. But um, fear is just shame covered up, covered up. And I was like, that's really interesting. So I had to go and get process, go back, and it's like, wow, where's some point in my life I've had shame around public speaking? The, the timeline therapy is amazing to be able to go back to that point, go, actually, it was that point in my life where I had shame. So to understand the shame behind the fear, wow, man, it's been super powerful. I just wanted to drop that in there because I was like understanding where that shame comes from. I love that, man. You know, one of the things I've come very abundantly clear on in my own journey is that there's two families of emotions. One is fear. And underneath fear, there's shame, there's guilt, there's judgment, there's jealousy, there's like all these different forms of, of, of interpretations of fear. Like behind that fear, there's all this stuff. On the other side, there's love and there's joy and, you know, inspiration true giving and happiness and all this other stuff that and pride and all these things that sit on this side. And 
for me, what I've noticed is that whenever I feel fear or when I feel a negative emotion or a negative emotion, when I feel something that's generally associated with discomfort or suffering, it's almost like that's an opportunity for me to be like, ooh, why is that showing up? Like, what's the juicy thread? What's the juicy belief? What's the juicy story behind this reaction, right? Because your body wouldn't be creating these emotions if they weren't meant to be felt and your body wouldn't be creating these emotions if they weren't meant to be understood. And like by us, almost like, like I, in my past, I've always like bulldozed through, like when I feel fear, I'm like, nope, I don't need to understand you right now. I'm just going to move through you. And I think now I've started with the forgiveness piece and the self-love. I've actually started being more kind to myself when I feel these things because it's an opportunity for me to be like, okay, like I get you're trying to teach me something like, what is it? Where is it coming from? And you get to do the whole forgiveness thing all over again. Yes. Sitting in the river. It's uh, something what we we say all the time is uh, like yesterday, prime example is like, yeah, we've got a bit of the uh, the man flu going on, a bit sick down down under, and I was like, when you, when you're sick, a lot of emotions start bubbling up, and in the past, I'm exactly like you, right, just bulldoze through them. But to be able to just sit and be still, and as hard as it is, like sitting, walking on rocks or sitting in flames, is freaking hard. Or I, I back to my flying analogy is like turbulence, and this is my depression and anxiety being able to process that now because depression and anxiety doesn't disappear completely. It will, st- it will pop its head up um, ever so often. It's being able to understand the trigger when it comes and being able to, to process through it. And I call it turbulence now. It's just like everyone's been turbulent, uh, has gone through turbulence when they're flying somewhere. It doesn't last forever. It's, mm. There's always blue sky on the other side of the cyclone. Some of the best weather is on the other side of a cyclone when it passes or the turbulence. So to sit in there and understand that this shall pass versus trying to fight your way through turbulence, it's super hard. So, yeah, man, I love how you brought that up because that's been a massive part of this transition is to understand the triggers, sitting in them and knowing that some of the best times are just around the corner. So. Have you seen the movie Inside Out, a little Pixar film? It's super fun to watch with your kids, dude. Like, if you're looking for, like, a like a fun movie date, like, just, like, Inside Out, it's one of my favorite Pixar movies. And the whole movie's about, like, this little girl who is growing up, and the whole movie's about her emotions on the inside. Yeah. And there's, like, joy, and then there's sadness, and then there's jealousy, and there's all these different emotions, right? And I'm going to ruin the whole movie for you, but that's okay. If, you've, if you're listening right now, I'm going to ruin it. So if you don't want to hear this, fast forward. But there's a lesson in all of this. So like yeah. in the movie, in the beginning, Joy really hates sadness. She's like, sadness, get away from me. I don't want you around. I don't want you anywhere near. Like I don't want you to touch these memories because if you touch these memories, then she's going to remember them as sad memories. And I want her to be happy all the time. And bum, 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 bum. And there's like the whole movie, they go through a bunch of, turbulence and all this stuff. But at the end of the movie, the thing that happiness realizes is that every single happy memory came after a sad one. Like, so like her happy memories of being supported by her family after a, like, so like, let's say she had a sad memory of losing a hockey game, right? On the other side of that memory was her being hugged by her mom and dad saying that, you know what, no matter if you score, we're going to love you all the same. Right. So like her happiest memories then came from that. So like it's the duality of life. Like we can't have light without darkness. We can't have black without white. Like we can't have the polarizing opposites that create this beautiful spectrum of life experience without understanding that these joyful moments, these sad moments, these loss. I mean, I mean, like if you think about death and life, like they're all natural parts and natural cycles that are meant to be experienced in all of it so that you can truly understand and feel the full range and depth behind this human experience. That, that's evolution, isn't it, really? Right there. Right. Crushed it. Yeah, totally. That's evolution, man. Like, I mean, and coming back to, like, the work you're doing and all of the, the – the, even that, like, the willing and the wise, right? Like, it's the duality, right? Yeah, it's both ends of the spectrum that you bring back into this incredible human experience that just creates connection. It fosters curiosity. It builds love, bro. Pink and the Man. blue, wonder and wonder. That's kind of how we say it. It's like interdependent. Oh, I love <laughs> so that. You need to be like 
independent, but you're also dependent. And that's duality, like interdependence. Yeah, that's that's life, man. Polarity. Yeah, man. Once you understand that, yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, it's freaking freaking awesome. Yeah, I love it. Dude, so talk to me about Wonder and Wander. Like we've kind of touched on it in threads throughout this entire conversation, but I'd love for you to just share a little bit on sort of the beautiful work you're doing. Yeah, so Wonder and Wonder um, was the combination of well, when I when I met Sarah, my my new partner, we were looking at bringing a woman's empowerment event to life, and uh, we needed a face and needed a powerful character to be able to bring that to life. And with the background, that's where Sarah found it. Into it, and the chemistry business wise was was amazing. She's definitely the pink one in the relationship, and I'm the blue. And uh, she comes from a corporate background and innovation, design thinking, pressure of inquiry. So she had this corporate background, and I had this all wander and like six months of travel every year, creating these events in tropical islands. So when we came together, we just had the natural business chemistry, and we worked on that project together and yeah the chemistry was undeniable so uh we we actually lent in and um and, and now together and supported each other through some pretty turbulent times um she was navigating divorce and separation and then and so was i so we had some big decisions so enough of that we uh we got on to wonder and wonder which was literally just just our life work it's just the way we live our life through wonder is where we find wonder it's really about opening minds and hearts for transformational change. So whether we're doing that in an organization on Monday where we actually celebrate high points of when we go into organizations because so often we're going into a large C-suite business and they've just forgotten how good they do things. So we literally like trying to bring some positivity into the organization and help shape. So yeah, we go into organizations, communities, schools around opening minds and hearts for transformational change through some tools and resources that we've we've used over, over time, whether it's design thinking, appreciative inquiry, and then the environments that we create. So um, that's my superpower is, is being able to find amazing locations and bring in the right people and the right tools, whether it's breath work, whether it's spirituality, to really get this like as I, as I say, like, and I, I hear it all the time, sell them what they want, give them what they need. So, yes, beautiful location, Queenstown, great, come down to Queenstown, but what you actually walk away with, and <laughs> I've got five kids between us, and none of them like vegetables, is how do I blend so many vegetables into this lasagna so they'll eat it? <laughs> it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. eat it. So we literally, like, fuse together those amazing ingredients that are just hidden throughout that sort of experience and evolve that they walk away going, I didn't realize I, I was going to get that out of it. But wow, I've, I've got those tools and resources that, yeah, it's going to help me in my life, my relationship. And just naturally your business is going to flourish. I think so often you'll go to learn the next Facebook marketing strategy or the next way to grow your business. But if you're just so aligned with self, it sounds woo-woo or spiritual is that, Shit will just happen and your business will grow. But yep. it's very hard to sell a market that. <laughs> so yeah, we're just we're we're navigating that through evolve. And our my big thing is like every young person on this planet will be able to take flight. I just bring it back to the analogies. Like how do I give yeah. young people and old people their own set of wings? And, and we break it down into like an analogy, which is W's for wonder, which is like curiosity, creativity, play, gratitude eyes for innovation like how do we innovate otherwise we die really design thinking appreciative inquiry and then network we all need amazing networks but networks need to be broken down into like relationships connections and conversations growth is all about like how do we get financial well-being personal well-being emotional well-being and then strengths we need to know our strengths what's our love language is what's our strengths and if we can give this wings program to every young person on the planet to be told with those wings to leave school or leave university, I think the play the, the world is in a far better pl- place moving forward, and like we're just so tuned in. So yeah, oh, man, that's, brother, that's what we're up to, bro. I love what you're up to, man. And I think that the world really, I mean, kids are the future, and the way we teach kids, the way we speak to kids, the way we encourage kids, the way we bring up kids. I mean. Any, I think that's really one of the most important jobs that any human being has. And I just love the initiative that you guys are running. I am grateful. 
I'm just grateful to be here watching you sort of like honestly create, but just throughout this whole conversation, I've just realized that like, dude, you're doing the work, figuring your shit out and you're growing through it. And in the process of that, you're creating a beautiful roadmap for others to also find themselves and align and create their wings and grow into and evolve into the types of human beings that they've always wanted to be. And so I'm super, yeah, dude, I'm grateful to uh, just be here and be watching it. Right, uh, right back at you, man. And I think, yeah, the, the thing, as you said, is like yeah, entrepreneurs out there are all looking at um, potentially doing it by themselves and having that badge of doing it by self. But we're all walking this path together. The more people walking the path together. We're all walking each arms, other home, man. Yeah, man. It's, uh, let's celebrate together. And like, I'm just so grateful for for what uh, you've been an amazing friend. We've uh, hung out a few times in, in the events that we've been a part of and just what what you represent and uh, the alignment with Stay Grounded and uh, being able to fuse Stay Grounded into so many people's lives. Like the work that you're doing is truly amazing and we can't wait to continue to share the Stay Grounded because, hey, if people are grounded, man, it's, uh, yeah, and I love my coffee. I'm in Melbourne, man, best hey. coffee so, cheers, brother. Um, cheers, cheers. Thanks for the opportunity and grateful for our connection, bro. So, uh, and just keep up the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate that, brother. All right. Well, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everything you've done, and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? How do I stay grounded? By listening to Stay Grounded every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, mic drop. No, it is. It's by oh, tuning. It's tuning into to others. They help me stay grounded by by having a power of five around me and an amazing woman that self locates me every day and asks the questions. That's how I stay grounded. Yeah, as, I love it, brother. As, so and keep listening to stay grounded because how you do keep me grounded, Mister Rajjana. Oh man, I I am receiving that with a full heart. Thank you so much, brother. Um, but everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Steve. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.